This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the show where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. Well, this week, we have a really cool friend of mine, uh, Pete Nash. Me and Pete have been friends since we were in Bible school together and 18, 19 years old, probably. And uh, then we traveled with a group called New Life Drama Company uh, together. So that's where Pete and I met. We've been friends ever since. We're now in our late 40s. So it's been a while. <laughs> so Pete has been a business owner. He's been in the power uh, generation and distribution side for a long time. Had a couple questions about that industry and how they're doing with the COVID uh, crisis right now. And I just wanted to ask him some questions on that. And then I also wanted to ask him as a consultant, sometimes I have to go out and I have to do some training for that industry. And I want to make sure I'm not faking the funk. What are some of the things that I need to make sure I remember to talk to them about when I was, when I'm doing training. So Pete and I kind of talked about that. You hear a little bit of distortion on my mic. I'm still trying to figure that thing out. But anyway, I am truly trying to, um, to work on the editing part as much as I can. So with this one, uh, please forgive me. And I pray that you could uh, hear the message through the actual sounds. So I'm, uh, I'm working on it. I'll let you know. I've been thinking really hard and fast about mics. And also, I do need another mixer. So Jay Allen listening to this is probably laughing at me because he's told me that a few times. So my uh, my thought is just listen to Jay. <laughs> just like he knows. But with this conversation with Pete, it was really great kind of touching base with them, getting to to really talk to him again. He and I have been, like I said, friends forever, but we also had similar experiences throughout life, just at different times. He started his business a while back when I was still working for the special district of the state and I was working with him trying to uh, see if he could get a quote for my business. And then later on, when he went back to work for power and generation and the nuclear side as well, then I actually started my own business with his safety consulting. And we've always been pretty much around each other throughout the years. I visited him over in different locations that he lived in and uh, even up to Denver, Colorado, which is one of my favorite cities in the world. So I hope you guys get something out of this as far as understanding a few things about industries, such as the power generation and lights. Uh, so that power generation, he didn't do the distribution side, but he did the power generation sign, the maintenance sign. So just getting an understanding of that. We talk about safety culture as well in that industry. And then a little later on, we do start talking a bit about uh, how do I branch out to that area? What kind of message should I be bringing to them if I take them on as clients? So uh, with just a little word from our sponsor, we'll go ahead and I'll let you guys introduce you guys to my buddy Pete Nash. Do you 
want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. Jay Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested in it. It has good information. Don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people onto focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figured I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. Thank you so much for, for actually doing a podcast with your old bud. I know. Awesome. I was, uh, I was pleased that you asked me. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I keep thinking, uh, how many years? And, uh, and every time I think about it, I'm like, well, we were like, what, 19 or something like that when we were in the road? Or yes. Maybe. I want to say, um, I think we were 18. So I'm, I'm going to say 1989 or 1990. Yeah, it must be 90 because, uh, oh yeah, it was 90 because I graduated in 89 like you probably, right? Uh, yeah, that was supposed to. I, I kind of did some other stuff. Ish. I took, I took a different route. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As, as I, I have done my entire, as I have done my entire life. Since. Yeah, yeah. You create your own path, don't you? I do. Actually, yeah. And sometimes it's um, it, it's not because I want to. Yeah. <laughs> it's the higher power of eating, man. It's a. You may not want to, but uh, come four or five years later, sometimes even 10, 20 years later, you kind of see, oh, I see. <laughs> this direction looked at this direction, and then and now I'm where I'm supposed to be. Exactly, exactly. Sure. Uh, instead of uh, traveling by RV, come back to traveling uh, by flights. Oh, okay. How's that been going with COVID and all that? Is that a real pain? My first actual flight was this week. Um, okay. This past week, I went to Baton Rouge, and uh, I took Southwest, so I don't know all the airlines, but from the airport, getting on, I went in and out of um, Orlando, and then in and out of um, New Orleans, if you know, uh, MCO, oh, yeah. MSY, I guess it is, <laughs> but uh, I went in and out those two ports, and from the moment I got on the grounds, I put on my, my mask, and it did the whole flight and everything else until I got back and that's the prescribed way that I was doing it according to all the signs and what everybody was telling us at TSA the only time I had to take off the mask a little was at TSA I had to pull it down so they could match me up <laughs> but other than that they think they have signs everywhere of those efforts that said that these uh, problems are must so it, it was okay because I truly wasn't sure what to expect and uh, so I figured, well, if there is a likelihood that, uh, you know, you're going to come in contact with someone, it's probably going to be 
someplace like that with uh, an airport or some mass transportation or something. We've had, we, you know, we do a lot of work in Miami Dade. Um, we've actually had several of our crews that, would, that have had to be uh, quarantined because one, they were at Turkey Point during an outage and um, they had several people there that had it. Yeah. This was back, this was probably back in April. And so, you know, we were, we had been quarantining group, groups of people over and over again because of the fact that uh, they were in a known location with folks that had the uh, virus. So, and I've, I've got a group right now that's actually in quarantine. They were in, um, I remember where they were at. I think, I think they were in the Miami Dade area. And again, another person was on site. It was actually the, the rep from ADB. He was up here from Argentina, I believe. And, um, yeah. He had it, so no. Everybody, so they, basically, what we're doing is, if that's the case, everybody goes and gets tested, okay. and we quarantine them until the test results come back. How long is the test results right now? You know, it's it's different. It varies in different places. So my da- my daughter works in a bank, and somebody there got it, and she had to go get tested and quarantine. And I think she got her results back in like five days. Okay, but like for some of our guys, it's been it's been seven days before they got the results back. Really. Wow, that's, that's crazy uh, because, you know, some of the tests are immediate. Oh, yeah, overseas. Shake it up and it's, there it is, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have any, well, I don't think the regular people have any <laughs> here, but uh, but there are some, and overseas, uh, especially if you're in the Orient uh, locations, they have it where it is immediate. You can yeah. tell as soon as you leave, you know, what your results are. Yeah, which I think that's the way it should be. I, I have a buddy of mine, his wife is a nurse or whatever, and he's got the test kits at his house. He says, Peter, you know, I, I take a swab, shake it up, and then five minutes, you know what's going on. Awesome. So why it takes some of these places seven days, I don't, I don't fully understand what their operations are, but you know, it is what it is. How does that work as far as uh, business-wise? When you actually have to, uh, have to go ahead and put people in quarantine, what's your workload now looks like? Um, so, being that. Uh, our region, which is here in Florida, um, and we mostly, I would say 90% of our work is with uh, Florida Power and Line. Mm-hmm. So we have a really good working relationship with them and we're in constant communication with them. So anytime something like that happens, the first thing we do is, of course, communicate with them. Um, our, you know, they're our biggest customer and, and like I said, we do a lot of work for them. So we communicate with them, let them know, hey, you know, we have a crew who is supposed to be doing X amount of work for you guys at these locations, but because of Corona, um, we've had to quarantine that crew. So we're, we're trying to adjust because where our schedules work is we have crews that do certain things, and you know if that crew doesn't make it because of Corona, you know um, FPL has been really good. They've been very um, understanding and they work with us a lot because you know we're picking it up on their sites. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for instance, where I just talked, we were at, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a nuclear facility down in South Miami, uh, Homestead, and we had guys working there, and that's where they got it. So, yeah. that's where it was, and that's where we had to quarantine from. So, your job site, you know, so, I mean, they've been really, really gracious, you know, and they've worked well with them. So, I think as long as you communicate, if 
it boils down to most most issues. You know, if you're communicating and, and telling people what's going on, they're flexible. Um, we have had to, to do things where we combine crews. We'll take, you know, a couple of guys from one crew who maybe they tested and they got the results back and they're good to go back to work. But then you've got the rest of the crew that can't. So we'll move those guys and put them on another crew. The other thing is, is from a business perspective, if, if you're concerned about like pay and things of that nature, we take care of that. So they're basically getting paid and uh, they're, you know, or per diem depending on where they have to quarantine. So let's say if they were four or five hours from home, mm-hmm. instead of driving home, the best thing for you to do is just quarantine in place, right? So yeah, go ahead and send them back to the hotel. Basically lock yourself in there until you get your results back and we'll pay your, your per diem. You pay their hourly and they take care of all of the other costs associated because it, it's work related. So, yeah, that happens. Like, um, my son, he's in the hospital now working as a uh, a LPN, and okay. he's this unit is where they um uh, have elective surgeries and he helps them get back on their feet uh, as being the, the CNA that goes around and make sure everything's okay with them. And uh, he right now has all four in his hospital except his are COVID patients now. Because it's the rise has gotten so much and, and uh, he's in the of recent Okay, so in that area, he's and that's something that's at least in Florida for those of you that may not know, because surely we would keep we've known each other forever, as you can tell. We've been friends since uh few keys. <laughs> right. <laughs> since neither of us had gray. <laughs> exactly. Well you don't have you rocking the picture by taking it all off. <laughs> that's right. You shave it and then no more gray, right? Right. <laughs> so uh, but our our kids probably you know, my kids have probably heard Pete Nash is that name uh, since they were, you know, toddlers. <laughs> but uh, truly in his core, he says that if he has to go to the COVID wing, which he hasn't yet, and he does not believe that he doesn't, because in the hospital setting and going through the COVID wing, um, then he's really, really up there with exposure. So uh, he says the hospital uh, has a range which house for them to go to, and they're paying for the hotels kind of like what you guys are doing for, uh, for the time of quarantine. And then um, I don't know if there's a testing period that he has to do before he gets back, but I know my, uh, my nephew, who's a firefighter, he needs two consecutive tests yes. uh, that are negative before he come back. Yes. Uh, so that's the way they're dealing right now. So is that similar to what you guys are doing? Uh, we we haven't actually started doing that, but uh, for instance, I was talking about my daughter in the bank. She was, that's that's a requirement there. Um, I think probably because they are in such close proximity with people on a regular basis. Yeah. Where my guys, you know, we're on a uh, in a substation, you know, which is fenced in. You know, it's gated. The only people that are allowed to come in are, are essential people that are working there. We have a small group of four or five guys working together. And so, you know, if it comes back, you know, negative, then you're good to go. So, we're good. Are you guys doing anything like, uh, once they travel together, does do everyone be required to wear their mask? Does they travel together? Or is it where uh, the mask is when they come in contact with any of the clients? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, uh, because I'm not with the crews on a regular basis. Uh, so, you know, some of this is speculative. Um, if we're in an area where the masks are required, like for instance, um, 
actually, Evolve County now has a mandatory mask order. Uh, Broward, Dade, you know, another area that has a mandatory mask order. Yeah, they're, they're definitely wearing them. Um, as a group, traveling together, because they are around each other all the time, it's kind of like being around your family, you know? I mean, these guys are actually with each other more than they are with their own family. So I'm going to say they, so probably, they probably don't when they're together um, because they're always around one another. Yeah, now, and if, if they are testing often, then maybe that's another variable to go in there too. Sure, but um, you know, anytime they're around somebody that they're not normally around, yeah, you know, the mask has to be worn. So, yeah. And we, um, being that everything that we wear has to be fire uh, rated, um, even our masks. Uh, yeah. fire. All, all that we do, everything's protective, everything's taken care of, everything's at that level of, uh, you know, different level of safety because of the fact that we're working around electricity. So. They have to update 70E, NFTA 70E, National Fire Protection Association 70E is the guidance that gives uh, people working in power and income electrical. It gives them pretty much the way that they know how to operate around electrical safely. Uh, but for people who are you guys that listen to me <laughs> but uh, the, have they updated that to include a mass rating? Uh, you know what? I, I I am not sure. And if that if that is an update, I'm I'm not aware of it. I do know I that it. I should check that out. I once you mentioned that, I was like, Ooh, that's a good idea. It's actually a really good question. I know that um, one of the companies that we use that provide us with our FR clothing, they have. Um, they have something on their website, you know, whether, and that's who we get them from. Um, so they have something on their website. To be honest, I haven't really read it because I'm not, you know, I know what I need. I'm going to go in and get it. I'm not going to read all of the, you know, yeah. stuff. So um, I get what I need and, and, and back out. So, and my, uh, my management are the ones that ordered all of the FR masks for our crews. And we've got 500 employees, so I think if you went ahead and ordered like 1,500 of them, um, yeah. and they're not cheap. So, <laughs> yeah, this thing, the, this Corona thing has, you know, it, it. I think it hurts everybody from every angle. You know what I'm saying? It hurts everybody from a, you know, a, as you know, shutting down businesses, and, and then of course more costs depending on what it is you do. Uh, but now you're you're not making money, but then you have to spend more money. You know, we've been very, very fortunate because of the fact that our business continues. You know, we're considered essential. We keep the lights on, we keep the AC going. You know, as well as I do here in Florida, if you don't have AC, you're miserable. So, Absolutely. Um, and then you have a heat stress issue. Exactly. So now you've got other problems. So, um, yeah, the, whoever's whoever's calling the shots is like, oh no, 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 those guys are essential. They're gonna keep the lights on. They're gonna keep the AC. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. They're good to go. So, uh, and this is probably like, um, I can't say a homecoming, but you were on the FBNL payroll before when you were at the nuclear plant, weren't you? Uh, no. Uh, so I've never actually worked directly for FPL. I used to work, uh, I worked for Florida Power Corp, which became Progress Energy, which then became Duke. So, really? Yeah. Is that a transition? Yes. I didn't know that. So when you were at Crystal River, uh, that's where uh, Progress? That was uh, Florida Power and then Progress, yeah. So I worked for both of those companies at Crystal River, and then it, um, I went to the Brunswick Nuclear Facility in Wilmington, uh, um, North Carolina, mm -hmm. actually in Southport, um, and I worked with them for nine months as a contractor. 
Wow. Hey, give everybody your superhero origin story. What do you do uh, in this journey? Well, who you are, because I forgot that part, because I know who you are, but my audience doesn't know who you are. It's true. Good thing this thing isn't live, because I would have failed. Yeah, so give everybody like the name where you're from and uh, just your origin story. And I know you're, you're not just safety, because you also get into you know the process and operation work and then also your own business at a time. Too, so whatever you want to tell us, go ahead. Pete Nash, um, I've known Sheldon, uh, like we discussed earlier, probably shoot, it's gonna be 21 years, I guess, right? Um, or something like that. 30, 30, 30, another 30, <laughs> another yeah, 30 decade. Years, you're right, 30 years. Um, that's a long time. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm showing my age now because I can't even remember. Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, you know. Went to did a short stint in, in college and uh, you know realized that that really wasn't the path for me. Moved to Florida, ended up meeting a, a friend of mine, and he introduced me into the uh, utility room. And uh, you know it was it was one of those things where I think if you got a little bit of mechanical background or interest, which I, I've always had, when you walk into a power plant, it is. You know, it's an engine. It's a it's an automobile on steroids. It's the biggest move. It's it's awesome. It's fascinating. And, it, and if you are mechanical, you walk into this thing. If you've never been in them, the boilers, the turbines. You know, the, the entire process is just it's mind blowing. And I had to be a part of it. You know, that was just kind of my my part at the time. Was, oh man, I got to do this. So, um, and I and I when I first came into the utility, um, I was in the inspection. Uh, world. So, weld inspection, uh, boiler inspections, you know, uh, looking at uh, everything from porosity to corrosion to bad welds, uh, just whatever needed to get done in, a, in the power industry. Um, stayed in that for a handful of years and got a little bored and ended up taking the next step and I got involved in the performance engineering department. And uh, basically what we did was we did all the optimization testing for boilers, condensers, and um, acceptance testing. This was probably around 2006. And at that time, um, nope, that's not right. That was, this was uh, 90, 96, 1996. So I'm not something like yeah. is when PE and Westinghouse and I believe Mitsubishi had a huge boom as far as building uh, the gas turbines. And they were going up all over the place. In fact, they were building, uh, Westinghouse was building so many gas turbines abroad uh, that they needed someone to do their work here in the state. So uh, Florida Power Corp actually formed an alliance with Westinghouse and we did all of their, um, their stateside work. And uh, so I, I was a part of uh, you know, commissioning a lot of uh, 7FA, 7EAs, which are different classes, uh, frames, uh, frame classes for the uh, gas turbines. Uh, excellent, excellent work. Really cool job. Very interesting. You know, getting to set up uh, trans uh, transmitters on the, the pressure side, the temperature side, collect all that data, uh, crunching the data, working hand in hand with engineers. It was uh, it was great. It was a really great learning experience. Um, I learned a tremendous amount. There again, uh, you know, I did that for almost ten years. Got a little bored. Jumped over to. Um, 
predictive maintenance. That's where I started doing vibration, uh, thermography, oil analysis, and um, a little bit of motor testing. And that was kind of my, my introduction to like the electrical side. Because I've always been on the production side. I've never really done much on the electrical side. Uh, so that was kind of my, my introduction to the electrical aspect of it. And, I love uh, the predictive stuff, man. The predictive stuff is so awesome when you really think of, you know, the trending in such a way that you could then start turning that into a leading indicator. Oh yeah, awesome. no, yeah, you turn that into real. You turn that into real data. Uh, it's, you know, initially early on, it was it was hard to get upper management and um, operations to buy into it because we were using a technology that when you presented it to people, you know, the first thing they would say is, oh, well, that's hocus pocus. You can make that say whatever you want it to. You can just dial it in and, and it will say what you want. But when you take when you take a vibe meter, you take oil data, and you take thermography, you have three different sources and you're getting the same results. That's what started leading people into believing that it was real. You know as well as I do, if, you, if you've ever done anything with thermography, Thermography is is real time. We look at a pump, we can look at a motor, we can look at bearings, we can there's everything has a heat signature. So everything that you look at with that thermography camera, it's telling you what, what's happening. It it shows you what's hot, it shows you what's cold. And so you can point that out and say, your bearing is at this temperature, it shouldn't be that hot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what's what's the problem? So it leads you in there is eminent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um and that was that was another really great world. Um, I ended up uh, at that point in my life. I was I think I was right around. Um, see, that was uh, 2010. So I was 39. Uh, I decided with all of my training and background and knowledge, I thought, you know what, this would be a great opportunity for me to start my own business. Um, you know, everybody who owns their own business, hats off. You know especially you with, with what you're doing. You've been very successful. That, that is awesome. Um, being a business owner, running a business, formulating a business, keeping a business floating. There's so many different aspects there that are tough, right? So yeah, I found I out remember, because I found I out on the other end. Uh, you remember you coming to my office when I was working in the South I was like, yes, exactly. this is awesome. So exactly. Starting out with this and she was helping you out while you're doing it. So it was really cool. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, as a, you find things out about yourself too, you know, being a business owner, what you can, what you really want to put into it. You know what I'm saying? How, how much drive do I really have to make this? Mm -hmm. So I I found out a couple of things. One, it was probably wasn't the best time to start a business. The economy wasn't the greatest and people really weren't wanting to spend money on those kinds of things. Regardless of what I did and how many trade shows I went to and how many, you know, uh, commerce, building commerce meetings I went to and all these other things that I, I show up to and show up with my gear and my, you know, I have my little presentation, you know, and yeah, I hate those things. And then I tell you, even today, I don't do them because I hate those things. Yeah. And, and people just, you know, it's, it's funny because people love the technology. You know, everybody was blown away by it. They're like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing. But nobody wanted to pay for it. You found ourselves in a in a place where you you know we either continue to struggle for another couple of years or I go back to work and um, I just start oh, working. Your work is so much different than other people's work because when you go back to work, you made bank. Yeah, 
if you get into the right crowd and doing the right thing, you can make some serious money. So, and it makes it hard going to work for anybody else because it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that seems like a no-brainer, you know, struggle some more or actually go work for somebody. Make the money. Make the money. <laughs> it's yeah. like, uh, uh, and, and that's that's basically what happened. I got a job offer in Denver, Colorado, and uh, I was like, yeah, I love Denver. And you're going to pay me to come out there and you're going to throw all these you know, great things at me here, I'll go do it. So I ended up in Denver and uh, that led to several different, different uh, aspects. And I went out there and the job I got hired for, when I got there, they had, uh, job had gotten eliminated. And I had already moved there. They didn't know what to do with me. So they sent me to training and they, they made me their project guy. So I was head of all of their projects uh, for for that reason. Another, another really great opportunity there, you know, to, to do a lot of great things, you know. I got the project manager background, and you know I was actually head of the uh, engineering department for a while um, because all of their engineers are straight out of college; they didn't know anything about power plants. So I, you know, just you know through osmosis because of the fact that I had more experience in a power plant, I became their boss. Um, That's so awesome. I tell you what, some of these kids coming out of college, and of course this was you know ten years ago, um, I cannot believe how smart they are. Amazing their knowledge and what they know and what they can do. Uh, you know, mathematical problems that would take me all day to, you know, have to draw out and erase and, and do over. These kids would basically go to my dry erase board and start writing it out and, you know, three and a half minutes they had it figured out and I was just like, that's insane. You know, this kid didn't even wow. use it. No, no calculators. This kid was doing it on the board and in his head. And uh, I was like, that's, that's insane. Uh, it made me shine because I had all these great guys working for me, you know, and so every time I showed up with data, it was like, oh yeah, we got to figure it out. Here it is, you know. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and then I, then I got into operations. I became an op, uh, uh, supervisor and, uh, but they shut all those units down. Uh, they shut all the coal units down, they shut the scrubber down and they just run the gas units there. And once they commissioned those gas units, there was no need for us operations guys anymore. So yeah. Let us go. So the industry has made it's made leaps and bounds. I mean, it really has come a long way um, as far as the safety culture, mm -hmm. uh, and, and people are buying into it. You know, I think when, when you go into any kind of a scenario like that, and you talk to people and say, "I want you to go home," same exact way that you showed up today. Mm -hmm. When you start changing your wording instead of saying you have to do this because. You know, um, and you change it to, you have people at home that depend on you. Yeah. They depend on you coming to work and coming home from work. Whether it's a dog or a fish or a kid or a wife or, or you know, whatever, there is somebody depending on you to come home and, you know, be a part of their life. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you start working that, that aspect, you, you know, people start accepting it. They start saying, yeah, you know what, you're right. My, my kids do depend on me. You know, if I have no kids and all I got is dogs, if I don't show up because I got sick or hurt or had to go to the hospital, they're going to be home by themselves for whoever knows how long. Um, you know, so something as basic as that. And, and I mean, I, I consider my pets as, as family members as most yeah, Absolutely. So, um, did you, um, when you were, because you've, you've changed into the safety role now too, right? Or one of your hats. Yeah, so, so what I am. What do you do to, to really I'm get a, like that um, 
to get that thought across. Uh, besides the, the empathy part, was there any other systems you had to put in place? Or was there even cases where you're like, all right, dude, we told you four times because you're costing us a contract? Yeah, so, so you have that too, right? I mean, uh, the company I work for now, uh, we have annual training. And I'm in the field as, as much as I can, you know, three to four days a week I'm in the field. And I visit different job sites. And the, uh, I try to bring the, not the police cop mentality, but mm -hmm. the good guy mentality, right? Like I'm gonna show up, yeah, I'm gonna point out your mistakes. We're gonna talk about it. But I'm not here to ruin your day. That's not that's not what I want. And I don't want everybody to, oh, Pete just pulled in, put your safety gloves on, put your glasses on, put your hard hat on, do all yeah. the right things. Because if they're just doing it while I'm there, their behavior says to me that as soon as I drive away, it's, they're just going to go back to being upset. Yeah. So, and if I show up and I'm the police cop, then they're just going to be safe while I'm there. So instead of doing that, I'm trying to create a different atmosphere by when I show up, and I, and I pointed out and we talked about it and I'm like, hey, you know better, you know, then you have that conversation. I can't I can't keep coming here and seeing the same thing over and over again. I'm going to have to write you up. I'm going to have to bring this to your management. Your management's going to have to set you aside because everybody here on this job site, their, their, um, their lifestyle, their, their, just everything that we do depends on this job. And if you're going to screw it up for everybody, we're going to have you removed, you know, and that's just the way to, so there's definitely a warning, uh, you know, trial that, that we go through. It's like, okay, one strike, we'll let it slide. Two strikes, you know, if I got to put a note in your file kind of thing, three strikes, yeah. disciplinary action, four strikes, you're gone. Yeah. That, that's kind of, that's kind of the way we do it because, and the other thing too is in this industry, doing what we do, it's very, very dangerous because you're working around super high vocals uh -huh. I mean you could be in a 500 kV yard and and I you know some of the new guys that come in I'm like here come over here now you, you gotta you know think these lines are above our head maybe 60 or 70 feet I said put your hands above your head and every hair in your body will stand up wow. I do that I do that as kind of a this we're not messing around this is real real stuff yeah. you know I mean when the hair on your body stands up, because you're you're just in the corona, uh, that's it, it's a lot, you know, it, and it's it's powerful. And like you said, it's, it's awesome. So um, I like to I like to point little things like that out. I like to take the new guys and kind of show them, you know, hey, did, by the way, did you see this video about this guy that decided that he was going to climb up a pole and try mm. to tap in his house, and next thing you know, the guy bursts into flames. It's like this is real. You can't see it, you can't smell it, you can barely hear it. It will reach out and grab you and kill you dead. You know, so uh, yeah. those are the types of things I like to talk about. But um, just to go back a little bit, um, mm -hmm. I am the, for NAS, uh, North American Substation Services, I am the safety manager for the state of Florida. And how I got into this was basically, the you know, being in being in this industry for two, close to 30 years now, um, all the, the OSHA training, the background, just, just everything that I've done is, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, it's like all these things all kind of lead you without you knowing it to this yeah. point. And it kind of made sense, you know, um, 
I like to teach. I like to be in front of people. I like to coach. I like to be out amongst the, the, the crew. So it just kind of worked. It worked for my personality. It worked for what I like to do and how I like to handle things. And uh, it's, you know, I've been here for a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half now. And I love it. I absolutely love what I'm doing. I love the people that I work with. Um, we have changed some of our, our culture as far as the business. Um, we've brought more uh, like assistant managers into the field mm-hmm. that were supervisors at one time, but now they're kind of overseeing several crews. And they're kind of like my, my safety Padawans, you know? Uh, so, and, and they get to go out and coach guys and be on top of them. And yeah. it, it's been a huge help, you know? And uh, our, our safety has come up quite a bit, quite a bit right now. And especially for this region. Florida had kind of had a bad string of uh, things happen. And uh, when I got here, they wanted to make some changes. And I was, I just happened to be the guy that was willing and ready to do it. So, um, it's like, like the perfect storm, the three things came together, worked out great. And uh, we've been running ever since. And, and our numbers just keep getting better and better. So. Have you been considering wanting to take the Safety Consultant Blueprint course online? Well, let me throw a little monkey wrench into your thoughts. I am going to do a live three-day event on Zoom. It's going to be a workshop that is me walking you through this course step by step by step. Each day, July 28th, July 29th, and July 30th, from 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to have an intimate group of a maximum 15 participants. So register today, sheldonprimus.com backslash live for the Safety Consultant Blueprint. So go to sheldonprimus.com backslash live and register today. Welcome back. Now, wasn't that fun? That was actually, <laughs> for me at least, I had a good time talking to my buddy Pete. So I had told him once that um, my kids have probably heard Pete Nash since they're able to walk, that <laughs> it's been that, that long. But the whole safety culture part that we just ended on is so true. When you do see an organization that really starts getting into safety culture, understanding what it is, and then going ahead and empowering the workers to feel like, yes, I want to do this because I want to go home to my family, my pets, whatever, whoever it is. And that is um, one of those things that, you know, when you get buy-in, it really makes a difference. So before we do the tip of the week, I just want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. And I want to just ask you, if you can, to subscribe, hit the subscribe button or whatever service you listen to me on. If you want to share this with a friend, please go ahead. I would love to have more and more people learn the podcast, uh, get into the podcast and listen to it. That'd be great. So I just want to really thank you. Thank you so much for, for being part of this show. It means a lot to me and uh, you're helping me grow. And uh, it's really been a, a good experience for me. So uh, let's do the tip of the week. So this tip of the week is going to be a little bit different because, again, I'm trying to do some series that is going to help you with your business. 
and it's going to help you grow, especially during this time. I want to help you do this quickly and with the least amount of money as possible. So the first couple of weeks, we're going through how to um, like cut expenses with emails. So if you want to, you want to go to the resource page, sheldonprimus.com backslash resources and on the resource page i am starting to put things that i have been testing and using myself first and sometimes i am able to uh, put you on my service as well and it's going to really reduce your cost and one of the things that i'm doing right now is i have a nonprofit which uh, some of you may have known it's called the national environmental and occupational safety training inc long name right so national environmental and occupational safety training inc which gives us neosti n-e-o-s-t-i so that is the actual nickname acronym if you will for the the, um, the nonprofit that I have. And right now I'm starting to build courses. The courses that I have been moving over a little bit at a time. I've got some help helping me out with this one, but uh, getting the courses moved from the teachable product over to the new product that I'm using. So right now I do have some space to help grow the Neosti website for training. It is equivalent to what you would get from Teachable. So the tip of the week is uh, half helping you uh, get away from um, the more pricey product that I used and I believed in, and I still am you know, transitioning out of it, but to get into a product for your e-courses so that you can now have a footprint online and therefore you have more opportunity not only to offer more services but to make more money for yourself so i need four more authors four and if i could get four authors uh, to help with the course uh, what we'll do is i'll give you a very very cheap rate of way way below what i've been paying in teachable and uh some of you who've had the teachable program you know you're allowed one free course site and they have very deep stipulations on that one and there's a few things you can't do and all that and then they have the other one where it's 99 a month yeah so we, we won't even be touching that one at all and i mean as far as price point will be a lot lower so i'm looking for four other authors that's going to help me uh, grow the Neosti product, if you don't mind. Your course will be branded for your company, but you're getting the same type of uh, system as you would if you were using the Teachable product. This is a different service. Uh, you're not going to be paying that price. And then also, uh, since it's going to be branded under the Neosti brand for the general uh, the general school, if you will, the general organization, the course itself will be branded under you in your organization, so you won't lose that. So I'm just looking for four authors, four people that are willing to say, hey, I don't mind helping build the Neosti brand, which is also going to help build my brand because now you'll be sponsored by a nonprofit. So together, uh, it will be helping each other out. 
and uh, we'll come to whatever terms we need to for uh, profit splitting. I'm okay with with uh, with running those terms. We'll do that off air, uh, but truly, is going to give you the opportunity to launch your own courses. And if you haven't launched your own courses, this is the time to do it because so many people are getting away from doing the in-room training one-on-one that they're looking for online things. So now that you can provide an online uh, platform at a fraction of the cost, it's going to be a win-win for both you and myself. So, but I can only do it for four and you know, how many people are listening to this, right? There's a bunch. So truly you want to go to showandprimus.com backslash resources to see those pages and see what's available. And then also, if you really want to do this, reach out to me personally, and you're going to email me at Sheldon at SheldonPrimus.com. How easy is that? When in doubt, Sheldon. Sheldon at SheldonPrimus.com. So together, we're going to be able to truly help people through e-courses and then also we'll be building your brand my brand together so again win-win situation yeah so then i hope this is something that me and four other people can go ahead and, and do together so i'm looking for four authors all right so that is the tip of the week hopefully i will see you next week you get them This episode has been powered by Safety FM.